Welcome to The Future State, the show where we take important topics from different industries, dissect them, and look at where they're heading in the future. I'm Nick Walter, CEO of Vortic Art, and I've been building technology companies for the last 12 years, as well as consulting and advising startups and blue chips. I'm Danny Denhard, former crowdfunding marketing and growth exec, currently founder of Focus.Business, the company culture and strategy advisory. I'm also a professional coach and mentor, and of course, the co-host of the Future State podcast. Yeah, I forgot that bit. I should have gone with uh, Future State <laughs> podcast host there you go but this week's a, a really good show I'm looking forward to it actually because um, it's a little bit about what I do day in day out and this week we're going to dive into the future state of virtual and augmented reality so topic close to my heart as I've said there but here's why it's interesting at the moment and I thought it was a good time to to talk about it there's a lot of news at the moment around VR and AR we've seen a bit of a flurry over the past few weeks I think there's been some really interesting VR specific examples so a couple of weeks ago Mark Zuckerberg was talking about Facebook's direction in, in VR which all comes through Oculus the company they acquired and he was talking about a new Oculus headset so currently Oculus have started to generate some adoption of VR headsets through their Quest headsets so there's Quest 1 and Quest 2 and they're wireless which has really helped the adoption of the headsets. You don't need a big high-powered computer. There's not a load of wires everywhere, and it works well just to kind of put it on your head, off you go, plug and play. Um, you need a little bit of space at home, but not too much. You don't need any sensors, and, and Quest has done, done super well. And he's been talking about a new Quest, the Quest Pro, which will be a high-end VR experience, um, still wireless, but they'll be looking at increasing the quality of the resolution, um, adding sensors to the device, so face, eye tracking, but also looking at health and fitness and how you know your, your metrics and connected health and fitness devices can interact with the headsets. And on the other side of the, I suppose, the competition coin, because there's really two main front runners in the VR hardware space. The other one is HTC, who have been around just as long. Uh, and they are, have announced a new version. They've actually launched it, pre-launched it for release in June of a new headset called the Vive Focus 3. This is also a wireless headset, but very different to, to Oculus Quest. It's, it's aimed at the business market and it's got a price point to match of just over £1,200. The specs that they've actually released, which are really, really interesting to see, especially from an industry perspective, a 5K resolution. 120 degree field of view so that means the the space that you can see through the headset without coming into any kind of side of the headset and being uh, restricted in any way and also they've made a, a bit of a push for supporting 3d spatial audio and that's either via the built-in directional speakers in the headset itself which basically beam audio into your ears or adding um, a, 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 an actual you know audio headset to uh, consume that that enhanced sound capability so they've been two big hardware shifts in the in the vr space and also there's been um, some interesting uh, information on releases in the ar space so uh, on you know just before zuckerberg started talking about the quest pro in march 
Facebook made a promotional video and released information about what Facebook Reality Labs are working on alongside the VR hardware. And it's all to do with augmented reality, glasses, wrist devices, how they work with your body's neural networks and how your hands, for example, can become controllers of the future for the glasses and how we can have different interfaces that aren't reliant on a uh, mobile screen or computer screen. It will be via headset and then you'll be able to actually use gesture control and virtual typing to, to do things which is displayed via the AR glasses. So super interesting as well and is kind of starting to cross between virtual reality and augmented and mixed reality. And we can talk about those terms a little bit more in a second. The other one, which is uh, something that we all might come across a little bit sooner, is Google have launched a beta version of their AR walking directional overlay. So the, uh, the augmented reality part of Google Maps, which enables you to hold up your phone to the real world and the camera will be enabled so you can see through through the device onto the real world and it overlays the directional information as you're walking around so if you're trying to navigate London or a big city you can hold your phone up and rather than trying to work it out on the map it will point you in the right direction based on what you're looking at so um, not super intuitive because you still got to hold your phone up in front of your face and be looking through the phone onto the real world but um, it's something that's interesting in the development of augmented reality um, but I probably threw a few terms out there virtual reality augmented reality AR mixed reality so I'll just quickly uh, make sure we're all on the same page when it comes to the terminology because some things might be new to some of the people listening so I'll start at the top with virtual reality or VR which is basically the headsets that you put on and you're fully immersed in a virtual environment or virtual reality world and you can't see out once you've got the headset on that's it you're inside and you're fully immersed and it's yeah, a very unique experience and, and it's great if you haven't tried it augmented reality or AR is when you use a device like your phone camera and you overlay digital information or graphics on the real world or something that could be a real world uh, building it could be a person whatever mixed reality is basically a mixture of of the two so it's a, it's a headset that you can actually see the real world through it's a display based headset which projects augmented graphics like augmented reality onto the display and overlays it on top of a real world environment so they're the kind of three main terms that are thrown about quite a lot. Another one that's creeping up that you may or may not have come across so far is XR, which is extended reality, which is basically a term that encompasses all of the mediums that we've just mentioned, VR, AR, MR. So XR is the, the combined term for all of those. And then another one, which I'm sure we'll touch on in the show today, metaverse, which is the sum of all shared and persistent virtual spaces. It's the totality of all digital and virtual worlds, as well as all digital assets and the data on the entire internet. It's kind of like an always on space that you can access all the time. And that's the metaverse that you can delve into at any moment. And yeah, I'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit more detail. But just to make sure, there's probably some things that you might be thinking about, like I've never tried VR or I haven't done AR or whatever. So some quite consumer-based AR applications have been things like Pokemon Go. So obviously there was a big groundswell in Pokemon Go, people chasing Pokemon down the street and trying to catch them via the smartphone on their camera. That was a big one that really kicked off 
any kind of mass usage of AR. And since then, we've had filters on Snapchat. If we're changing our face on Snapchat, sending a snap, that's AR heavy. That's all AR technology. And uh, another one you may have used is IKEA's app where you can place furniture in a room. These are some of the ones that we're most people are a bit more likely to have either heard about or used and be more familiar with. But I do appreciate there's a lot, especially in the virtual reality space that people wouldn't have got into so far and let's talk about that quickly just so i can wish you through vr and where that's currently being used so there's two distinct splits in virtual reality one is consumer and one is enterprise and on the consumer side that's really the play that facebook is making with the oculus headsets it's about easily accessible content and adoptable content especially around gaming and also a low price point no need for like really uh, high-end technology and the enterprise side which has become the central focus of HTC who are the other leader in VR technology has become something that HTC have been able to monetize on um, a little bit of a higher price point a little bit more enterprise based scale and they've chosen their lane and, and Oculus have chosen their others and that's not to say that the two can't cross but they've definitely got distinct positioning there on the consumer side the oculus quest has been amazing the oculus quest 2 which is the upgraded version that came out um, more recently is their latest headset version has sold really well and facebook has seen high levels of adoption that have outperformed what they were expecting if you were to get yourself an oculus quest 2 which i do recommend 299 i think is the entry point price and there's a lot of fun to be had it's a good kind of start point with VR, but there's some great games on there, and a lot of it is gaming-based, but you've got things like Star Wars. There's about four or five Star Wars titles now that you can do. You've got first-person shooter-style games, and you've got a lot of fitness-based games where you're getting a workout as part of the game, or it can be a specific fitness application. So there's FitXR, which allows you to do boxing and dancing, and it's all tracking calories burnt, and it's specifically for fitness. And then there's things like Beat Saber, which is just a really good uh, fun game to play where you basically cut blocks in half with lightsabers to music and you're doing it to the beat. But obviously you're super active during that and you're burning a lot of calories and getting out of breath. And what actually Facebook is starting to see is the adoption of more social apps. So these are, you'll have your avatar, you'll be in a multiplayer environment where you can go and meet other people in virtual worlds. And they've started to become some of the top ranking apps on the, the, uh, the, the Oculus Store. And they're also seeing a growth in productivity apps as well. It's something, when you're in the VR experience, it's very... It is singular and it is isolating, but it, in a way that you don't have that level of digital distraction because you can't actually look at your phone whilst you've got the headset on and you're not getting the same levels of notifications. So it's going to be interesting to see whether the productivity apps go there. And also location-based experiences are on the rise. Is what we do at Vortic, give the ability to people anywhere in the world to visit art galleries and museums via a VR headset. And obviously we offer... Um, things on mobile and web as well if you don't have a VR headset but it's great to consume that kind of content in a VR headset but on the enterprise side that's really where there's there's been a lot of different use cases coming through and I think it's it's really topical right now because it's it's worked really well with remote working so for example there's a lot of uh, businesses using VR to train new staff 
there's training simulations, especially for more dangerous professions such as firefighters. Um, there's remote collaboration, so multiplayer work environments where you can meet in a in a virtual business space that has some level of display, and you can collaborate with colleagues there. Design therapy and rehabilitation so there's been lots of work there around a really good example of this actually was people have been out to Afghanistan and they're suffering from post-traumatic stress syndrome and it's the ability for a therapist to work with them with very vivid visualizations that can help rehabilitate them and, and help them deal with with the problems that they're facing also education as well and there's some big people playing in this space that you might not come across unless you're kind of industry specific or into this. So SEAT and a lot of other car manufacturers actually, but they use virtual prototyping a lot to build new cars. SEAT have reported a 30% reduction in prototype production time, thanks to VR, which is amazing. Porsche using AR glasses to overlay information on real vehicle parts. And it gives engineers and technicians easily accessible information as they're doing things. And you're seeing that a lot actually with companies that are going out for example like if you're going out to do something on an electricity meter or make a repair on a piece of equipment on a boiler and you can overlay information that means you don't have to look at the manuals it's been really well used the mixed reality technology or augmented reality technology there and then there's other companies there's one called uh, Oso VR who have basically recently expanded their training modules to include specialties such as interventional procedures and endo endoscopies, as well as orthopedic training. So it basically allows surgeons to train on operations without having to do it on a, on a real person, which is good. And sales teams and other trainees to practice techniques within a safe and repeatable environment that feels real, it feels that like you're there, you're in the mix, and it's not something that's going to catch you by surprise. So there's lots of things that it's been used for. And I think that with these crazy predictions about how VR is going to take off, it hasn't really happened in line with a lot of the predictions from maybe three, four, five years ago. But there has been growth. And some of the big barriers that we've come across as an industry is the quality of the headsets, so either the wireless don't have the resolution and computing power to get the quality to make it feel real or feel as accurate as possible. And tethered headsets, which are connected to PCs via cables, and they do get better processing power and resolution, but they're limiting because you need a expensive machine, cables, and it doesn't feel, doesn't feel great when you're using them, but it looks great. The content as well, and we produce a lot of virtual content, but it's very expensive to produce. It has long production cycles. And what that means in, in reality is that the games that are produced for virtual reality are quite short. And you can complete, for example, Star Wars and Oculus. You can, you'll pay maybe 80, 99, something like that for that title. And you'll, you'll complete it within a couple of hours, which doesn't really seem in line with what people are used to when it comes to gaming but it's just the way that the production cycles are like there's certain limitations of the headsets there's a lot of cost that goes into it and they almost need to make a title sell it create more revenue to create the next title and the other big one's been latency and bandwidth so existing network connectivity and speed isn't designed to support vr and ar experiences as a kind of newer development but this is changing with five 5G and 6G and the possibilities that they offer 
especially around like truly high network speeds and ultra low latency mean that the whole experience of VR can be an AR can be made higher quality, can be delivered at greater speed. You're not going to get any lag or disruptions in the experience. A lot of people are seeing 5G and 6G giving us a lot more or, or giving a jump start actually to, to VR and AR and, and more widespread adoption and more things happening. And obviously the headsets go alongside that as well, especially these wireless ones that are you know, Wi-Fi enabled and, and need to pull a lot of networks rather than on the device itself. So yeah, there's lots of optimism there, but hopefully that's a quick uh, whistle-stop tour for anybody that didn't know much about VR and AR. And maybe Danny, we'll, we'll dive into some discussion points. I think if we were to stop it there, that's the dummies guide that everyone would need for AR, VR, XR. You know, 12 minutes of, of waxing lyrical about the pros, the cons. That was £10,000 intro that you'd get from a consultancy. So I think that's, that's a great way to, to sort of dive into it. I think there's a couple of things that you, you said that I'd call out. And just to give people some context is, I think VR in general is is one of those things that a lot of people haven't had a use for and haven't used it. Therefore, it's difficult for people to understand how good or how bad it might be. So I think some of the gaming um, examples is, is really important. There's a company called Sandbox VR, which started out in the US, which were experience-based. So essentially, you would go to a place in San Francisco and then you'd game either individually or as a group. And it was really good because you could dive into and really experience designed games and experiences so immersive that it got huge amounts of money pump, pumped into it. A lot of it's still based around a PC. So you still need a high value PC and gaming PC to do it. The, the connection will be, like you said, with 5 and 6G is around when you can do it with a phone. I think Samsung did it with their headset and their handset. They were the first ones really to pair the two together. I think that's really essential. The use cases are really interesting, actually. The fitness, if you're a personal trainer, if you're trying to learn boxing or MMA, is, is a really good way, and I think that's really taken off from it. If you could see Nick's background, he has his, one of his VR headsets always in the background, so he lives and, lives and breathes the brand. There's... I think there's other couple of things that have sort of sprung up more recently just to give some context. Like this is more of a layman's way of explaining it, but art and visual art and NFTs have, are, are going to come in and it, you'll use it as a gallery for NFTs, probably with VR. I think adult entertainment dived into it, um, AKA porn. We have to be careful what we say because we might be filtered by the broadcast app systems. And then you've got like, conferences, which is probably more of a future case. But there's a lot of conferences that are starting to offer VR and VR experiences and no doubt will be the future. And a couple of things I've seen is the army have really invested into it as of golf and F1. So I think they're like really core use cases for VR. Something you also touched upon is AR. And I'll just give a quick context point. Essentially, anything that's got filter on is, is AR. So like Nick said with Snapchat, you know, obviously Instagram, and TikTok have leveraged it. I think Snapchat is still the leading players in AR. And then you could really look back to the Glass, the Google Glass, um, as a use case that people were doing. So AR is really going to need to have the mobile going to have some a glass element around the eyes to enable it to be something that's going to be taken on to the next level, whether that's work-based or play-based. 
And just lastly, I think one of the important factors to to remember with with AR is how often you're probably connected to AR. You just you're unaware of it because it's become quite commonplace. So AR AR's likely went out over VR in the short term because people are used to it and they're used to using filters and we're going to definitely will see that move across. So I think there you're, that's the sort of the, the deep dive dummy, my layman's terms, a way of explaining it. Something I'm going to ask Nick around because I've obviously only have a limited experience with, with VR and, and building into it is I think something that quite a lot of people talk around is presence and the importance of presence in VR. Do you want to go into it and just sort of explain? Because very quickly, if you've got a VR headset on, it almost has to be perfectly aligned with the eyes because of the way the eyes work. So it has to be aligned with the people. So presence is really important because you need to understand where people are near you and by you and understand how gestures and that work to be more normalised. So I don't know if you want to dive into presence a little bit and explain, explain why that's going to be so important. Yeah, I think presence is it's a really good term to pick up on. I think it's something that people are starting to to you know look at quite a lot. I th- I think there's different ways of of looking at that term. But yeah, I mean it's that whole experience around um, the presence. You know, it's that's one of the big problems with the tethered headsets. You know, as soon as you knock a cable or feel something or you know anything like that when you're in VR it starts to make you aware that the experience you're having there's things going on outside of that that draw your attention away and I think being inside of these fully immersive experiences is something that we're we're constantly fighting that the battle of the kind of 40 second uh, attention span conditioned by all of our mobile devices and I think being inside like fully immersive experiences is something that gives us like a real opportunity to be outside and away from the normal levels of kind of digital distraction that we're getting and yeah I I, I really think that that's where people will start to enjoy VR experiences because for me when you put it on it's like you've got tunnel vision you can only see one thing sometimes a really good thing that we haven't mentioned actually is I got when I got one of the early oculus headsets the oculus go which I won't get into it too much but it's a really basic headset and it's really only good for display like it doesn't copy what you do in the real world inside of the virtual world so you always have to use a joystick to get a reaction in the virtual world but one of the things it was good for was watching netflix it's got a netflix app on there you could put netflix on the headset it's like you're at the cinema watching a 160 inch screen um and the best thing about it was i remember at the time i think i was ripping through maybe the first series of stranger things and actually it was great because i wasn't distracted like everybody else is just sitting there on the sofa half watching something half playing on my phone or watching something phone goes off and I get distracted again so there's there's definitely a lot of that in in VR I, I think AR's a little bit different from that because AR obviously we have that real world 
backdrop to everything we do. We're overlaying information. We're seeing things like where where Facebook are looking at things. We're seeing things like virtual keyboards. So you you would be wearing a glasses. You'd be seeing a screen like you're looking at your desktop, and you'd be typing on a board which has no keyboard that you can see. It just learns how you want to type in your unique typing style, learns and adapts to it over time. And the result is that keyboard slowly morphs to you rather than you having to work within the confines of a, of a keyboard. And you'd be the best at typing on your keyboard. If someone else tried to use it, you wouldn't be able to use it. So, but because you're doing that and you're seeing real world around you potentially when these things become a bit more understandable and actually usable in the real world it's totally different again you're back in reality which is an environment for me which is now made up of I've had to turn off my slack I've had to turn off everything else because digital distraction is is just so difficult to deal with and so difficult to keep our attention spans we're craving overstimulation now because that's what our brains have been slowly trained to do through smart devices and everything else so vr gives us that way of really blocking off that outside world and really having that level of being present in experiences there's lots of opportunities around what it can do for people and i think it's it's a really interesting area that we can explore probably for that the whole podcast if we want it but what are your thoughts on it i'll get your take and then we can uh... i think for presence and for being immersive and all of those different components i think presence is really important when it comes to vr i've used it a couple of times uh, i've experienced it a few times by watching obviously on people on video i think vr you it's a great thing if you want to be away from everything else I think because it is so immersive, I think it allows people to be a completely different identity. So you don't have to be you. You don't. You could be a persona doing something different. You know, it's great that you don't have to be you. And I think the internet is built on a different layer of identity. I think when it first came out, you could be anyone. I think the second phase was then you could be a, a handle, or, you know, a username, you know, at Danny Denard, for instance. And then Facebook and LinkedIn really push for the, the real you. I think what VR is going to enable people to do is be the person they want to be in that world that they're in. And I think that's really important for people to understand and embrace because you don't necessarily have to be you in an entertainment uh, space. In a work present space, you do. From the gesturing and, and the intel that you can get, there's a lot of personalization you could do. So it's, I think it's great. The other side of it is in and around the virtual worlds is going to be really important. So Roblox is the prime example a lot of people use. So kids are building into it. It's getting huge amounts of investment. They're basically essentially building their version of their world and kids can build into it and then adults can. I think the lockdown winner of Animal Crossing is a prime example that people forget is Animal Crossing, although it's a Switch game, essentially does that and you're just an avatar you're just a player in that game. If people can connect those dots together, that would be a really important process for AR or VR or, or alternative worlds, I think is how some people might have to understand it. I think identity is, is the most important part. You talked around gestures earlier, or we did, and I think hand, head and voice is really important, but I think that's where 
And then I think the, there's a couple of good examples more recently around AR. I think D&G, I think it's Charlotte Tilbury and Machine A all had AR boutiques and they were very specifically built to be immersive and experience-based. And then we're seeing more and more pop-up stores. So Burberry are doing it. Louis Vuitton had a great pop-up in Paris. Uh, I think Harrods are doing a partnership around AR. So they pop up. And then uh, JW Anderson is also another example in in fashion that's trying to bring people towards that world again. So I think these it's unusual that fashion brings this this level of attention and innovation but I think we need more and more of that example to to highlight how important AR and VR will be. Yeah, 100%. I think one of the things like back to presence is, especially with it's that sense of presence in these social experience. So when you mentioned Roblox earlier, I think that's, that's kind of how, definitely where Facebook want to play. They want to play in these shared social experiences. For them, that's they describe as their kind of bread and butter. You know, for Facebook, it's all around social experiences and and the being present or having presence when you're not there, being able to connect remotely in these alternate spaces. And I think that that's a really good point around how we can get to that environment where it becomes more normalised and people are not only present in experiences they're having, but have presence with with other people as they have those experiences and that's the kind of I think the kind of magic point and we've been work with we, we talk a lot about social VR experiences and that's definitely something that's coming avatars which you mentioned there are really really interesting as well in terms of do we all have our own avatar does that reflect us as a person and therefore it's realistic towards what we look like or, or is it what we aspire to be and i think that's where things get super interesting and i think there's some there's some for me some pitfalls here um especially around the fact that it's a like we all know what a dangerous place the internet can be in terms of safeguarding and catfishing or like pretending to be who they're not especially when it comes to things like paedophilia and other kind of dangerous topics which are not great for people's well-being mental or physical and you know that is one of the areas where everything in virtual is quite is quite interesting everything in virtual shouldn't be like reality but the fact that it's called virtual reality it has that element of people wanting like they have a kind of spectrum so in arts where we work everybody wants things to be as realistic as possible we did something in South America recently and a lot of those galleries see our virtual spaces as a way to experiment, which is great. They're very different and you have a big spectrum of that. And I think that's where that's the bit that worries me about about where this is headed. I went to a conference out in New York a few years ago and they were talking about avatars and how people might need to create their own avatar and have an authenticity that is their avatar and that is the real representation of the person so there's that whole kind of how do i identify myself as a real person or a real avatar if i am not presenting myself in a real way how does that manifest and how does that begin to work and how does that actually impact me in the real world so i think it was 
I can't remember which which film it was now. Was it like it was like Minority Report, one of those ones where like people were in pods having these experiences, the guys on holiday somewhere with a attractive partner and having this great virtual experience and it gets hoiked out of the pod. And it's almost like that how's that gonna impact people longer term when you start to think about mental health and that your life outside of virtual may not be as fulfilling as your life inside of virtual and I think that's a that's a really really interesting area and I think we're going to get that crossover between if we start to do more in the workplace via virtual so we we do have you know like a virtual office where we put a headset on to access it and we work on virtual interfaces and we have, I can look left and see an avatar of my colleague, look right, see an avatar of my other colleague and we're present in that location together. And that's a work-based example. Obviously, we're going to cross over into social-based and personal-based examples and it's going to be interesting how they all start to intersect. There's, there's like a key area, I think, around identity that I think many people have been doing for years and they've decided to be different people and be different identities. There's a small percentage of people that are and will always be catfishes. And that's something that everyone's a little bit wary of, whether that's on a dating app, a virtual you know, environment, an augmented world, etc. This is what the world is and how it operates. So I think people will get used to it. If you could choose to be something different or you could build your avatar. When we say avatar, we don't mean like you have to be uh, a cartoon version of you. You don't have to be the blue thing in the, in the movie. You can be a version of you that you build. So a prime example is you could you could start off as a certain type of being and then evolve and build. And there'd be skins that you pay for likely evolve and gamification. But I think that's the important part is I think this is, will come down to choice and the social network environment to it. It's a case of trying to understand how we bring people into the social networking space of it first and how these big companies enable how a Facebook, how a Microsoft, how an Apple really drive social first because the adoptions either have to come from doing chasing the chasm. It's always the early adopters that you build for. Will Apple be able to do it with their AR headset that is the worst kept secret in the world? Is it that Facebook are gonna do it based on your Facebook profile or can you be a different avatar? Can you be a different identity on the VR and gaming, etc.? And I think that's where like something like the Switch has probably done has done well is you can be your me so you can be your your version that you build or you can be you as as the nintendo version of you one quick point that you made around the work you know enterprise and pro and the gaming uh, and the social aspect of it of vr facebook are already doing it in office so they already have this built-in vr is already part of of it and they're, they're having to use it to build presence and build it as a muscle memory for people until it's in really big companies or really innovative companies, I'd be surprised that um, Pro will be something that isn't rolled out 
quickly enough for it to to make a to make a mark. So, for instance, Facebook said it's a ten year plan for VR. They're five years in. So, can they do something in the next twelve months to make that a reality? Facebook and Google are doing some interesting things. Google released this week their 3D rendering or virtual version of you that you can have almost like seamless conversations as if you're in the same room without having to have a headset. We're seeing different approaches. My point here is, what these big companies, so is it a Samsung versus you know Apple or is it a Microsoft versus an Apple versus a Facebook? What is the, you know, who's going to be the leading brand or the leading company to take VR mainstream or make AR an everyday occurrence in and outside of work? Well, I think, yeah, there's there's a few points in there to pick up on. I think there's Apple entering, we've all seen, you know, the uh, patent submissions over time for Apple AR products or VR products, whatever speculation you want to believe. I think that Apple are aware that if there is this coming of the the need to not have a device in its present form and to have a different style of device. They want to play at that table along with the others. I think that hardware and VR, AR, mixed reality is the, is the kind of key key thing as well as the, the connectivity. But it's, yeah, it's you can see why Apple want to get involved. Microsoft have made a go at it. The mixed reality headset hasn't been too bad, but it hasn't had the kind of, widespread adoption oculus have the consumer in the palm of their hand via facebook and instagram they can market to them easily they can appeal to younger audiences they got a price point that works and i think it's really about this shift to there's there's gaming and you know that if the price point of oculus quest is so it can compete with consoles that's kind of where it's competing in terms of like for like at the moment. It's like I can get games on my VR headset. Sony uh, PlayStation VR got a headset as well. And these more immersive games where you feel like you're there, you you suspend belief that in the reality that exists outside of the game that you're immersed in. It's why that, that being present and that presence and having the responses, the psychological responses to what's happening in front of you in that virtual environment is so important. Facebook and Oculus are putting a lot of investment into this and they're they're starting to make some good inroads, especially when it comes to productivity. And I think that is something that's growing. I think remote fitness has grown and shifted in their favor. You know, there's things like the adoption of face masks to stop COVID, which is also working in their favor in terms of people are less likely to bulk at wearing something on their face because we're just more normalized to that now um, due to covid and yeah there's so there's a lot of movement in there and it is going to become that that kind of race i mean htc have more gone down the enterprise route and i think that the race will they'll cross over again when oculus has productivity tools that bring in mobile style interfaces or computer-based interfaces and you're actually doing work, Apple are trying to play in that zone as well. And then you've got HTC who have got a kind of enterprise-led solution from the beginning um, that are going to offer things there. So you can definitely see where hardware and, and really the interfaces are going to play their part. I think what 
Facebook have done, which is smart, and we can post this this video in the show notes, is they're looking at like the neural networks in your body and how your brain sends um, signals down to make, if I want to type my brain sending that signal to type. Now they've gone down the route of saying, well, what's natural here to intercept those messages so we can use them on these virtual interfaces. And that's using almost like a device that sits on your wrist because people are used to wearing watches and it's the perfect place to start to pick up some of those neural signals. It's really, really clever when you think about it because it's building into existing habits, something that feels quite natural, something that's that works well. And I think it, what's going to be interesting to see is you might have a device on your face and if you're wearing it for long periods of time, you're going to want it to be lightweight and small and more like glasses than a big headset. I think big headsets, after you've worn them for a couple of hours, you want to take them off. They're, not, they're either too heavy, not well balanced or a little bit uncomfortable and just not practical. If you need to go to the toilet, you need to take your headset off and move away. And you know, So there's a level of practicality there. I think when we start to talk about these devices that are more like glasses, um, it's how are they powered? Are they still powered by your smartphone? Is it tethered to your smartphone and you're and you're getting through there? Does it have enough built into it to mean it can operate fully standalone? Is it tethered to the device on your wrist? Like, how's that inter interaction and interconnectivity going to work? Because I think that's the key for for it all. And five G and six G is going to definitely help with some of that heavy lifting being able to for it to be able to be done elsewhere but you're still going to need some level of device on your person anyway so i just think that it's a, it's a really really interesting space that they're all starting to emerge and play in what facebook are trying to do is take the lead and they're trying to be quite vocal and that's where with zuckerberg coming out more recently and talking about it more you can see how big a play it is and when you're starting to layer potentially the devices and Facebook's plan to hardware with their ability to create social experiences. That's really, really interesting and, and definitely an interesting place for, for development. That's like a great segue into, I think this, this might be the best place to, to go into the future state of AR, VR, XR, etc. I'll probably, it's probably good for a layman to go first and then for the expert to go second. If we were to break it down, VR is on version three, let's call it 3.0. We had it in the, the sort of the eighties and nineties. We had it in and around the, you know, into the two thousands and again now, I think it's stagnated every time. So it's had another life. I think it needs something quite quickly. VR needs a lifeline in my opinion, but I think that might come from the art world. And I think it might come from removing down the chunkier headset into being into thinner the reason why it's so junky is the lenses that they have to they have to create for it i personally think there's going to be a number of tech brands that go into mixed first to try and understand if it's worth their investment or not there's going to be two battles i think there's going to be the tech battles between microsoft apple facebook plus the others and then i think you know sort of the more western american brands and i think then there's going to be the asian brands that come through it will split down into AR, VR, and then mixed. I think for the workspace, that might be the time where you see big brands invest into it and then small brands look up to them and try it. So professional versions or enterprise might be the way to hit masses, but it's a huge investment that has to be made. 
I can see it working very specifically in certain companies where they invest in it and it coincides with successive products. That's really important. I think Facebook are so invested into the social aspect of it that and to make it as cheap as possible that I think people will die, that you know that they'll dive into the social space and the gaming space. But I think they might struggle with the workspace. It's expensive enough to stay. It's counterintuitive to what most people say in business. But you can't be cheap enough for anyone to buy it. You have to be expensive enough to have a core group of users to drive the price down. So I think it's expensive if expensive enough to to stay and then there'll be skins, etc. that you're buying in play, as it were, as I call it. Something we didn't dive into, which it might probably need its own pod, is the metaverse. I think the metaverse angle of it needs VR. If you need an example, it's the Fortnite live events. And I think that's the metaverse is going to be, it's going to be so important for adoption, but also for VR. Uh, I could see a gaming company provide enough investment to make the metaverse work. So I think the gaming companies have to go huge into it to make it work. There's loads of people that you could follow around it. Matthew Ball is a great person to follow on Twitter and read some of his deep dives into it. And I think there's something different, just lastly from, from my end, I think there's something different to come. Mixed reality has loads of different better use cases than VR. But I think AR is the way for, for us to get closer to a mixed reality and something that's going to be more used to in, in business and for play i think ar is always going to be ahead of vr because of its common use case whether companies can will want to cross over and do both i think facebook's primed for it but maybe apple in the way that they're they're challenging themselves to be different might be the way to do it nick what's your future state of of all good points there and uh, yeah a lot to think about I think that metaverse is definitely an area where yeah we need to focus probably a bit more time and attention but you know the future state for me of VR and AR I think there's going to be a little bit of a shift to more personalization so a little bit like in in nutrition we're seeing a shift to personalized nutrition we're going to start to see a shift more towards personalized computing web experiences designed around the user and i think with the use of interfaces that makes this easier because they're all virtual you're not reliant like the keyboard example i gave earlier the experiences around that person it makes it more intuitive to access information you're not reliant on more rigid mobile physical devices and you can start to design what works for you, especially with gesture controls, your body, when you're layering on fitness and health information. I think that general kind of fully connected, uh, fully connected view of, of what can be achieved with VR and AR is, is really, really interesting and will capture people's attention. I think on the back of that, we've spoken about big data in enterprise for a lot of time, but I think big data is now emerging within ourselves it's been here for a while you know in terms of how our data is mined and how we're targeted with ads but i think actually connected devices plus now we're layering on vr and ar i think you know our data is becoming more valuable all of the time and it's going to continue to rise in value especially as we start to do more in vr and ar especially when we're combining it with other data points and i think that that's going to be another thing about how we own our data a little bit like how we own our identities in in virtual spaces i think a rise in vr as a form of escapism 
is going to be key. I think we're used to being at home a little bit more. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be this bounce back of people returning to the physical world. But also, like, the amount of time I find myself, and I'm trying to leave my phone away from me after about eight o'clock at night and before eight in the morning, because I just find myself sat on the sofa in this kind of cycle of doom scrolling through something or like you know just going around the apps again and again and like looking for some level of fulfillment because I'm kind of hooked on it that you can offer through virtual environments more meaningful interactions um, especially when you layer on social and that whole uh, idea of presence um, and you've got the potential to exist in different ways in different worlds in social experiences and I think that's that's an area for, for big development there a rise in augmented reality wearables taking away potentially the need for a smartphone in some capacity. Now, that whether that's how you engage and interact with a smart device, a smartphone, it's probably more likely to be that. You'll probably still have it on you. You just won't need to look at it as much. A little bit like Apple Watch um, started to take away the need of, if a quick checks on WhatsApp notification, you don't really need to get your phone out all the time. I think there's going to be something, especially with maybe some glasses that can take away the focus of your phone it will replace it with something not too dissimilar that time away from your your smartphone um i think the shift to remote has really opened our attitudes to doing things remotely and not in person and also like i mentioned previously wearing face coverings has almost normalized having different things on your face and i think that might help the adoption of vr and ar headsets because we're just a bit more used to it now. And I think that's that's uh, definitely something that, that was a problem before. There is a, there is a kind of uh, a health aspect to that and how hygienic it is to share headsets and things. So there's that barrier to get over, but I think ultimately we'll, we'll be more open. I never saw myself wearing a face covering previously. And then I think just my last one is um, VR for entertainment in the real world. The rise of multi-sensory experiences, where you can go and enjoy. I've seen a couple of art ones and they are absolutely amazing. When done well, they're incredible, where you've got this mixture of spatial audio, you've got incredible visuals, you're teleported to another place. You're not worried about bumping into people because there's ways of not doing that and having you and friends can go and have the same experience at the same time. And I think once you've done one of these experiences, almost like a theme park kind of analogy, once you've done it once, you'll be open to it again. You're not necessarily going to do them all the time. You're going to pick and choose what you want to do. But I think people will be more open to these public VR experiences and that will lead to adoption in the home. Another, another good schooling. Uh, on the future state of yeah, that's another good schooling on on the future state of uh, as always we love your feedback if you want to subscribe we're in all the major podcast outlets and if you want to go to the future state.co.uk you can get full notes full insights of what we talk around so thanks for listening cheers see you next time